Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Likely we've all seen it at some point in our lives. As much as we may not like to admit it, we've probably done it in our lives too. Hopefully when we were much, much younger. The infamous grocery store temper tantrum. The little boy who's been with his mother for the last half an hour shopping through that grocery store and he just wants to go home. He's hungry. He wants to eat. And of course, to his mother's dismay, they must go right through that checkout aisle that is lined with candy and enticing snacks. So the little boy says to mom, mom, can I please have something to eat? Please, can I get a candy bar? She says, no, honey, not today. And almost instantly, his hands start to clench up. They go right down near his sides. His face gets all red. Next thing you know, he's flailing his arms everywhere. Face is redder than before, and he's screaming and yelling, letting everybody know he is not happy. Everyone from aisles away can hear just how upset this little boy is. He didn't like what his mother had to say. And he let her know exactly how he felt about what she had to say. And anybody else who could hear nearby. Well, today in our readings, for our meditation this morning, we don't exactly have a grocery store temper tantrum. But we do have people in our biblical accounts that react horribly to something that they hear. More specifically, the people in our accounts today from our Old Testament lesson and our gospel lesson react horribly, horrifically, when they hear the word of God. And so we begin by thinking about our Old Testament lesson from Amos chapter 7. Amos was a prophet of God, and like all other prophets, he was a man sent by God to declare God's word to the people. And his message that he came to bring to the people there in that time was a message of repentance. Turn from your sinful, your idolatrous ways and turn instead to God. Because you see, these people, they were living it up. Time was good, they were in prosperous times, and so they figured they could live however they wanted. Didn't matter what they did or how they treated anybody else, things were good. What wrong could they really do? And on top of that, they were oppressing the poor. And on top of that, they were actually worshiping idols. Baals, as the scripture calls them. Lifting up, setting up these high places, these high altars to worship these false pagan gods. And so God sent Amos to them. And God sent Amos to them to declare these words. Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people. Basically to say God is setting the line. He's showing them where the line of righteousness ought to be. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Get in line with what God has and what God desires for his people to do. But it didn't stop there because then Amos continued sharing God's word with them. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate. And the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Get in line with the plumb line that God is setting. And also beware of the desolation that is coming to the people. The desolation that is coming to those who do not follow God's word. He's going to destroy destroy all the high places. Nothing is too far for his reach. And so how did the people react? When they heard this word from God, they said, O seer, go flee away to the land of Judah and eat bread there and prophesy there. 
But never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the temple of the kingdom. O seer, go away. Take your words somewhere else. Go over to that land. Eat your bread there. Prophesy there. We don't want your words. We don't want what you have to say. Take it somewhere else. Go away from us. If that's not bad enough, then on top of that, they said that this temple that was supposed to be truly God's temple was the king's temple. It was their kingdom. So they didn't just reject God's word. But instead, instead of just rejecting God's word, then they also turned even more so to their own idolatrous ways. Which is much the same that we see in our gospel lesson today as well, from Mark chapter 6. And in Mark chapter 6, today we heard this story, this gruesome story of John the Baptist being beheaded. That to many of us, as we're reading through the gospel of Mark, it almost seems to interrupt the whole flow of what's going on in this gospel. Because so much of the context around it is describing the ministry of Jesus as he goes along. And then here it seems like out of nowhere we have this story, this gruesome story. But think about it for a moment. Think about who we know John the Baptist to be. He was the one who was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. To preach and proclaim the word of God. To preach and proclaim specifically the word of God of repentance. That the people would repent and turn their hearts away from their selfish ways and instead prepare for their Lord to come. And so John was preaching this message of repentance. And specifically the word that he shared in our lesson today to the king was that the king ought to not have as his own wife, his own brother's wife which is a message that fits right along with what John was sent to do, to preach repentance. Turn from your own selfish, indulgent ways and instead turn towards God. So to the king, he says, turn from your selfish way to have your own brother's wife as your own, who's also your niece, and instead turn to God. And how did he react? Herod and Herodias, they held a grudge against John. They imprisoned him. And then they so brutally, savagely beheaded him at this lascivious party. And yet as startling as this account may be to many of our ears, as it should be, this account really even points us more to the worst kind of rejection that is ever recorded in the scriptures. The rejection of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, who is the very word of God made flesh, the word of God, the message of God incarnate. And in the context right around Mark chapter six, our reading for today, we hear that just before this, Jesus was rejected in his own hometown. And then all throughout the rest of the gospels, you hear Jesus who's rejected by people who called him a liar, a heretic, who ignored what he had to say and instead followed their own ways, their own desires. And the rejection that climaxed when Jesus was so innocently sentenced to death, brutally hung on a cross, and left there to die and be buried in a tomb. And yet, despite how hostile, how brutal the rejection was against Jesus, he endured it all. Jesus endured it all because he knew it was worth it. He knew it was worth it to do, endure that rejection so that he could fulfill the law, so that he could fulfill all righteousness, so that he could earn for you all the great gifts he has to give. He endured that rejection to give you his great and immeasurable gifts. And the gifts that are so beautifully 
spelled out for us in our epistle lesson today from Ephesians chapter 1. The fact that Jesus has now blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The fact that he has chosen you. He has chosen you to be holy and blameless. He has predestined you for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. You're part of the family with him in his family. That he has redeemed you through his blood, purchased you back, won you back from sin, death, and the devil. Forgiven you your trespasses. Given you an inheritance, an inheritance like none other. And all those promises he sealed for you with the Holy Spirit. No power in this world or the world to come. No amount of violence, no amount of hostility can overcome the word of God. The word of God that will and has endured forever. And the word of God that gives you all these great and immeasurable gifts. And so the one last thing I'd ask you to consider today is Amos, who brought the word of God to other people in the land, was rejected. John the Baptist, as he brought the word of God, was rejected. Jesus Christ, the word of God himself, was rejected by people in this world. What do you think is going to happen to you and me as we hold fast to that word of God, as we believe in that word of God is the only truth there is in this world? as you preach and proclaim that word of God to others around you. Now sure, there are still horrific stories of people in this world who experience rejection like John the Baptist experienced. But you and I experience rejection of God's word right here in St. Louis County in our own daily lives. And it may seem trivial if you think about it at first, but if you think about it, it's still rejection. When you post that word of God up on your Facebook wall because it meant something, it truly moved you that morning in your morning devotions. And yet for some reason, someone posted that snide, hurtful comment on that post. Or maybe your so-called friends who call you above many other names that we're not going to list here, lame. Because you won't gossip with them or create rumors with them. Because you know that's not what God would have us to do. Or maybe it's your own family members your children, or your parents who've said some really hurtful things because in love you told them that's not how God intends us to live. Know this, it is worth it. The rejection we endure in this world because of God's word is worth it. Worth it, especially because God gives us, as we've already said here from Ephesians chapter one, every spiritual blessing to be chosen, holy, blameless, adopted as sons through Jesus Christ, redeemed, forgiven, and inheriting his eternal inheritance. It is worth it. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And please stand as we join our hearts together in confessing our faith with the words of the Nicene.